Paul Kaharski Podcast is brought to you by the Yazoo Brewing Company, celebrating 15 years of beer in Nashville, Tennessee. Hey, Titans fans, welcome back to the Paul Kaharski Podcast. I'm his co-host, Madison Blevins, and after missing last week, I had a pretty hectic schedule, but I'm back and I'm with PK to host another one of these podcasts that is presented by Yazoo Brewery. PK, long time no talk. How's yeah, it going? I don't know that people are sympathetic to your uh, hectic schedule. I think they're disappointed at your uh, lack of frequency. I don't know what we do to get around this. I know you're about to head out of town again, and I imagine then when you're back from your big trip to Los Angeles next week, it'll be hard to track you down again. I mean, what what can we do to make you less busy? So I'm just going to say I gave you multiple times last week and days that I could record and I thought we had a day set and then you came back with me and said, oh, no, no, I'll just do it on my own this week. And we're really dramatic about it, but I was trying to make it work. Was I dramatic about it? That's very. That does not sound like me. I can't imagine that that was the case. But at any rate, I'm happy to have you back. It's better when there are two voices on here and when one of them is yours. So thanks for being here. Uh, If you're not here next week, we'll forge ahead, but we'll do what we can. Be safe out in Los Angeles. There are a lot of crazy people out there, earthquakes, the Pacific's a little cold. (laughs) I don't know if you and your friends can handle it, but it's better than you going to New York. Uh, Last time you were in New York, it's a tough city. I know you had a tough time, and there was the jumpsuit incident when you were in New York. We're not going to have a gap like that in uh, in Los Angeles, are we? You know what? <laughs> I actually I was trying to lay stuff out earlier to pack, and I have this new red jumpsuit oh. that I really, really like. No. And I was like, I'm going to pack this. This is so cute. I, I think it'll be great. And then all I could think about was – the horrible jumpsuit that you guys hated that I loved that I wore in New York last year. So I'm not really sure if I'm going to pack it or not. Just so you know, that was what was going through my head the whole time. The midday 180 influencing Madison's fashion and uh, necessarily, look, there was an intervention, a show intervention last year based on this jumpsuit that she wore to Manhattan where I thought it was really going to lead to problems in the big apple. Fortunately, she made it out alive and uh, I trust you'll, you'll make a good judgment this time. I'll be following Instagram to see if that is in fact the case. Yeah. The jumpsuit. Who'd you guys compare me to? Cam Newton, the Cam Newton outfit. I think that was one of the comparisons. I don't know that they're all fit for, uh, for podcasting. A lot of it was, I think this one, I think this one will be better. But yeah, we'll see. We'll talk about that next week because I get back Monday. So I should be able to talk about all of my outfits on this podcast next week. Good luck with that. Let's forge ahead. Well, PK, just when we think the Titan staff is finally put together, then the Titan strength coach Steve Watterson retired on Friday after about 32 seasons with the Titans. This is a story that people first learned of from you, but what went into that decision and are the Titans equipped to move ahead with these promoted guys that all worked under him at the time. Well, I think Tom Canavy, uh, uh, you know, has, has been an assistant to Watterson for some time. So, um, you know, I don't know if it's the ideal scenario for them, um, but I think he'll he'll bring a little bit of old school Watterson stuff and certainly, um, you know, be um, – flexible or uh, willing to do whatever it is that Vrabel and Robinson may be pushing 
the strength program toward. I don't know for a fact that that there was any friction between Watterson and either of those guys, and, and friction may be a strong word, but you know the timing of it where Watterson was was retained uh, by Vrabel when he put his staff together, and now um, bows out just before the the off season conditioning program begins. You know, suggests that maybe um, not everybody was seeing eye to eye. Um, or maybe you know he just decided that that he'd hit the wall. He'd been with the with the franchise for 32 years, uh, the longest consecutive streak with one team for any uh, coach in the league, uh, any any coach in the league. So that that's a tremendous bit of stability in that department. L- listen, I've made no secret of it. I, I, uh, I I'm friendly with him. Uh, I, I've enjoyed him over the years. We've always gotten along really well. Um, he's a fun guy who, uh, you know, he ran a, a couple of weight loss competitions that we had in the media core where, you know, he, he got all in and put us on programs and had the official weigh-ins and stuff. And, uh, I think he's a, a the good kind of guy to have around. I think he, he, he kind of evolved with the times, uh, you know, a program that you could see change in the, in the little bit of, uh, of vision that we had of it in the media, um, so I, I, I think he was always current. Um, and, you know, he's a real prankster, which Jeff Fisher, you know, let him do a lot of that stuff. It, it, it mellowed in time. But, uh, you know, every year you were quiet around the rookies um, at Thanksgiving time because uh, they went through a, a, a really incredible charade about them getting free turkeys from Kroger. Um which always turned out to be a big block of ice and, uh, and a big disappointment for those guys to the point one year, Madison, he had a guy in, in like a, uh, you know, Kroger uniform who came in and, and Steve said to the, to the, to the whole room, you know, all the veterans are in on it. Listen, there's been a lot of uh, stuff out there about people messing around with these turkeys and everything. We take this very seriously. You know, I'm Bob Smith, the head of turkey distribution for Kroger. And I want to assure you that if you take this coupon to your local Kroger, Kroger, you'll be given the Kroger. You'll be given the, you know, (laughs) the royal treatment. We respect you guys in the community. The whole thing, you know, all dressed up a huge charade to convince everybody, oh, yeah, this is real. You know, I completely buy that. And um, then uh, only to get home with a, a block of ice that melted in their fridge or in their sink or, or wherever. Another classic was always they had a uh, practice squad pro bowler who they actually convinced the guy on the practice squad that he was going to the Pro Bowl as the Titans practice squad representative. There's no such thing, obviously. These guys are always totally fired up that they had earned a trip to Hawaii. We did a press conference with them for several years where they came over to talk to us, you know, and, uh, Jim Wyatt, I think one time asked, I can't even remember who it was, if he spoke Hawaiian and the guy, you know, <laughs> completely went along. Does he have a passport? We would just ham it up to, to oh, no way. No. It's hysterical. Another favorite of mine, um, Corey Davis ran for a rookie record, 240 some yards against uh against the titans that might have been the first or second year and um defensive coordinator greg williams had a fish tank in his office and waterson went in there and scooped all of the fish out of the fish tank and put a uh 
Corey Davis's picture on a stick with like a blurb coming out of his mouth that said, not Corey Davis. Who did I, what name am I? Yeah, I was, I was really confused. Did I say Corey yeah, Davis yeah. that whole time? Corey Dillon, the running back yes, of the Bengals. I corrected myself. I was just about to Wrong jump name. in. <laughs> um, with with uh, Corey Dillon's uh, a, a blurb coming out of his mouth that said, I ate your fish. So when when uh, when Greg Williams got back to his office, um, he, his fish were missing. And he got a reminder that just how much the rookie running back had had shredded his team. And for the second half of this podcast, we'll, we'll uh, do some members only. Remind me, we'll circle back, and I'll give you what may be the best Watterson story that relates to Steve McNair and was jumping out at me today as I was uh, coming up with what we're going to talk about here. So at any rate, um, <clears throat> you know, he was the lone guy uh, on the coaching staff. There's some people in the front office, but the lone guy on the coaching staff. And on that side of the building that had a tie, you know, back to Houston, um, quite a long, quite a long time ago and, uh, look forward to catching up to him in retirement. Hope he and his, uh, wife, Heidi and, and their family, uh, enjoy the transition. And Steve was always a beat up guy. He's a guy that came to work, you know, day after neck surgery and back surgery and all kinds of crazy stuff. Had, uh, all those strength coach types have an amazing work ethic and they're like the furniture in the building. And so the Titans are changing out some of the furniture for sure. So when did you first hear about this decision that Watterson was planning on retiring? And I mean, you touched on it a little bit, but do you think it's kind of odd that he waited until beginning of April to announce that? Yeah. I mean, I imagine there were some things being sorted out. I, I got a tip um, <clears throat> that uh, it was happening on Friday afternoon and uh, obviously a, a very solid tip because it held up for, for almost two hours, an hour and 45 minutes. I think I, uh, I had put it out and, uh, and the Titans press release didn't come for nearly two hours. Uh, of course it was one of those days I got the tip uh, maybe two fifteen on my way home from midday one eighty, uh, and then hurriedly uh, pulled off of 65 into a parking lot somewhere uh, put on my, um, my iPhone hotspot feature and, uh, quickly wrote and filed something on my website because I was sure I would get beaten on it in, in no time. So when something lasts, uh, almost two hours, that's, that's pretty good and pretty rare. So, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I like to think I'm tied in with what's going on with, uh, with the coaching staff and stuff, but, there aren't too many guys around anymore who uh, who I've known very long. So uh, time to forge some 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 new relationships with them and people connected to them uh, who hopefully will continue to uh, keep me informed and whose respect I can I can earn. Well, it's hard to believe that it's already April and that the team has now reported back. Organized team activities started on Monday. So walk us through what that looks like at yeah, it's this point. two weeks of uh strictly conditioning stuff now i think they can be around for about four hours a day um you, know, you can interact with coaches to a degree but you're not sitting down having meetings doing playbook stuff guys can go on the field and work together amongst themselves but not with uh you know specific coaching supervision and, and it would be the strength coaches who were running things out there and then April 24th to 26th, there's a, a voluntary mini camp that's kind of, uh, <clears throat> I think, kind of a new new coach's bonus. And uh, um, 
so that'll be the first time that they're really on the the field together in a team fashion um, with coaches. Um, and then things slowly ramp up over the span of, of, uh, of the OTAs, which, you know, are the, the heart of the off season. And it's, it's not enough from the vantage point of most, most coaches. It's uh, time the owners were willing to give away in the last CBA where the players didn't win much except more time off in the off season. Um, which leads to some complicated stuff because uh, I, I'm going to write about this soon. A lot of these guys end up hiring coaches, you know, uh, Mariota and, and a lot of guys. Uh, when they left in January after the loss to New England, you know, probably take some time off. And then when they get back to work, February, March into, into a little bit of April, they're not allowed to work with Titans coaches. And so they're hiring somebody to work with or their agents hiring somebody for them to work with. And then you wonder how, how much they're on the same page with what the, with the Titans want them to do. Um, and that's another job for a guy like Watterson to try to communicate with, with those temporary coaches to, to, to see that a player stays on the, the same, the same page and the same track, um, that the team would have him on. Um, and they've had now a couple of days to assess uh, if guys are are where they want them to be. But it's very rare. I mean, there's there's nobody that's going to show up a, a completely out of shape by any means, and uh, very few who won't won't have made some gains in the areas that the Titans uh, suggested to them during their checkout meetings. Mike Vrabel met with the media that same afternoon that the players reported back. Any big takeaways from that press conference? Uh, I thought uh, one of the most interesting things to me, we'll talk about uh, the quote-unquote controversial element of it in in part two. Uh, I thought interesting to me, he talked about, you know, kind of not forcing the relationship with Mariota and other players and letting it develop naturally over time on a normal course. You know, and and about you know that voluntary minicamp that's just a couple weeks away. Um, not trying to jam a bunch of stuff down the players' throats um, and having them <clears throat> try to digest too much, but having a sense for what they're equipped to do, and and not pushing them much beyond that at that early stage. I think it's very easy for a new coach to come in, Madison, and and even though he's looking at the calendar. Um, and knows that it's uh, you know marathon, not a sprint, and all that stuff. To want to act fast or to see things quickly uh, that they've been drawing up for a long time without players waiting and waiting. And I, I think Vrabel uh, made it clear he's going to make a concerted effort, not just a concerted effort, he, he guaranteeing that he's not going to push for too much too soon on the relationship front. And on uh, learning the playbook and executing stuff in a voluntary minicamp front. Well, we are ready to wrap up part one of the Paul Koharski podcast that is brought to you by Yazoo. And we're going to dive into the more interesting stuff that is for members only in part two. Some of the stuff we're going to cover next is PK's thoughts on wide receivers after chatting with Tajay Sharp and Mike 
Vrabel about this specific position. Also, we'll dive into the tone of Vrabel's press conference and the locker room issue he brought up out of nowhere that PK was just mentioning. You miss out on that and a lot of the other top-notch content if you're not a member of PK's website. It's just $5.99 a month or an annual membership that will include one free month. So sign up today. And if you're already part of this club, stay tuned and we'll be right back. One with more, more quick for word two. about Yazoo, which we failed to mention sufficiently. Uh, all of these podcasts uh, come to you courtesy of uh, Nashville's fine uh, hometown brewery. And uh, they've got something for everybody. I'm partial to the Hefeweizen. Um, you recognize them with their red and white kind of uh, sunbeam logo and the name that's popular around town. Uh, be sure to order one next time you're out for drinks with your with your friends or grab a six-pack next time you're doing some uh, shopping. I did just that uh, this weekend and, uh, and stocked my refrigerator. We encourage you to do the same and be responsible, and we'll be right back with part two. The Paul Kuharski Podcast is a joint production of paulkuharski.com and Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com.